Good Saturday morning to all. This St. Patrick's Day weekend. Dick Schilling here, and this is Safe Money. We are here every Saturday to talk with you, our listeners, about managing and protecting assets safely here in today's very unsafe world that we are a part. Spring is here with daylight savings time. At least that helps. Days are getting longer with warmer weather coming. It was 50 degrees earlier this week. And with lots going on in our world today, including our Medicare virtual community meetings scheduled for next week for uh, Tuesday, March 21st and Thursday, March 23rd. As you know, listeners were used to conduct these community meetings live and in person. And as we would gather in a meeting room somewhere and complete these meetings in person. So with the coronavirus, we stopped doing these meetings personally and change to a virtual presentation. Now that the coronavirus has subsided considerably, we find the virtual Medicare presentations, they actually work very well. Certainly more convenient for our attendees. Craig conducts these meetings and does a wonderful job in presenting the topics. On Tuesday, March 21st, next Tuesday, Craig will talk about the basics of Medicare and then focus on the Medicare supplement plans that are available. Two days later on Thursday, March 23rd, Craig again talks about the basics of Medicare and then focuses on the Medicare Advantage plans available in these Medicare regions, and especially what we feel is the more competitive of the Medicare Advantage plans, and that plan is the AARP, Medicare Complete Plan, offered by United Healthcare. So, if you would like to participate in these meetings, call Craig at 563-332-2200 to receive instructions on how to participate. Or, go to our website, www.dickshilling.com, and scroll over to the contact icon to pick up my email address and drop me a note via email. Boy, first and foremost this week, The stock market is extremely volatile. Why? Boy, who knows that? But the point is that the market is extremely volatile. As of this recording, as of 1 p.m. on Wednesday, March 16th, I want to reiterate that my clients are not losing money. The Dow is down almost 600 points. The NASDAQ down 100 points, and the S&P down about 70 points. That's serious loss. I had a client in my office earlier this week with a 401k and an IRA that he wanted to roll over to take advantage of the 35% bonus we are currently offering on one of our annuities. That 35% bonus will help him recover some of those losses. Call us for additional information on that nicely bonused annuity. Further, after the bonus is applied, the client will no longer share in the volatility of the market. He will no longer share in the downside of the market. If the market does well, then he'll participate in the upside of the market, but he will not share in any downturns in the market. I want to remind you, that we have an insurance company which is now offering a 35% bonus on money invested 
in its special annuity offerings. And this rate is available for both qualified and non-qualified money. Imagine that. A 35% immediate bonus. And furthermore, annuities, whether they are qualified or non-qualified, are income tax deferred, whether they are qualified or non-qualified. Now, remember the difference between qualified and non-qualified. Qualified money is classified if the account is a retirement account, an IRA, a 401k, a TSA plan, 457 plan, any account that is part of a retirement account is considered qualified. Everything else is non-qualified. Further, this index annuity shares in the gains of the stock market. If the stock market is declining, the index does not share in any market declines. So, that 35% bonus is available for both qualified money and non-qualified money. It's a wonderful bonus. Further, these annuities paying that 35% bonus takes you away from that stock market risk. The rate of return, and remember, the annuities that we use are deferred annuities. So there's no tax on the gains until the money is withdrawn from the annuity. Now, I want to come back and talk with you about the Secure 2.0 law and the changes it makes for required minimum distributions. I have these changes in newsletter format, so if you'd like a copy of that newsletter format, please call me or email me for a copy of that letter. Remember, my email is just go to www.dickshilling.com, and when a website opens, just scroll over to the contact information for my email address and if you want to correspond in that manner. Now, let's talk about the SECURE Act. The SECURE Act ushered in changes that would have a dramatic impact on IRA estate strategies. Account account owners may want to review their beneficiary designations with their financial professionals and consider how the new rules may affect inheritance and taxes. As of late summer 2022, the IRS has yet to issue final distribution rules for beneficiaries. So, at the end of 2019, President Trump signed a federal spending package that included the Setting Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement. That's called the SECURE Act, a provision in this legislation effectively eliminated the stretch IRA, an estate planning strategy that allowed an IRA to continue benefiting from tax-deferred growth potentially for decades. Individuals who plan to leave IRA or retirement assets to heirs and individuals who stand to inherit retirement assets should understand these new rules and distribution options. Now, Let's look at the old stretch rules first. For retirement assets inherited before 2020, a non-spouse beneficiary had to begin required minimum distributions within a certain period of time after inheriting the account. 
However, annual distributions could be calculated based upon the beneficiary's life expectancy. This ability to stretch taxable distributions over a lifetime helped reduce the beneficiary's annual tax burden and allowed large IRAs to continue benefiting from from potential tax-deferred growth. Now, an example of that, now these are the old stretch rules, remember, is the hypothetical case of Margaret. She's a single 52-year-old banking executive who inherited a million-dollar IRA from her 85-year-old father. Margaret had to begin taking RMDs from her father's IRA by December 31st of the year following his death. She was able to base the annual distribution amount on her life expectancy of 32.3 years. Since she really didn't need the money, she took only the minimum amount required each year, allowing the account to continue growing. Upon Margaret's death at age 70, the remaining assets passed to her 40-year-old son, who then continued taking distributions over the remaining 13.3 years of Margaret's life expectancy. The account was able to continue growing for many, many years. Now, that's the old rules, the old stretch rules. Now, the new rules, the new rules beginning as of January of 2020. Now, this is for non-spouse beneficiaries. Non-spouse beneficiaries are now required to liquidate inherited accounts within 10 years of the owner's death. This shorter distribution period could result in unanticipated and potentially large tax bills for non-spouse beneficiaries who inherit high-value IRAs. Any funds not liquidated by the 10-year deadline would be subject to a 50% penalty tax. A 50% penalty tax. Now, under the new rules, Margaret would have to empty the account within 10 years of her father's death. Since she stands to earn her highest ever salaries during that time frame, the distributions could push her into the highest tax bracket at both the federal and the state levels. Not only would the inherited IRA be depleted after 10 years, but Margaret's tax obligations in the decade leading up to her retirement would be much higher than she anticipated. The beneficiary of a traditional IRA might want to spread the distributions equally over the 10 years, if possible, in order to manage an annual tax liability. By contrast, the beneficiary of a Roth IRA, which generally provides tax-free distributions, might want to leave the account intact for up to 10 years, if possible, allowing it to potentially benefit from tax-free growth for as long as possible. So, the new rules went into effect in January of 2020, and they specifically affect most non-spouse-designated beneficiaries who are more than 10 years younger than the original account owner. However, key exceptions apply to those who are known as eligible designated beneficiaries. Eligible designated beneficiaries. A spouse or minor child of an account owner 
those who are not more than 10 years younger than the account owner, and disabled or chronically ill and chronically ill individuals as defined by the IRS. Note that the 10-year distribution rule would apply once a child beneficiary reaches age 21 and when a successor beneficiary inherit accounts from an initial eligible designated beneficiary. Eligible designated beneficiaries may use the old stretch IRA rules and take RMDs based upon their own life expectancies. And boy, that's important. In these cases, RMDs must begin no later than December 1st of the year after the original account owner's death. However, if the original owner was of RMD age and failed to take the required amount in the year of death, the beneficiary must take the RMD by December 31st of that year. Failure to take the appropriate amount could result in a penalty equal to 50% of the amount that should have been drawn. In early 2022, the IRS issued <clears throat> proposed, re- re- proposed regulations clarifying the 10-year rule. The proposal states that if an account owner dies on or after the date that he or she is required to begin RMDs, a non-eligible beneficiary will be required to take RMDs in years one through year nine, then liquidate the entire, then liquidate the account entirely in year ten. If the account owner de- dies before his or her required beginning date, a non-eligible beneficiary would not be required to take any distributions until age ten, at which point the account would need to be liquidated. Until these final rules are Issued, it is unclear whether any any penalties would apply for missed distributions. However, beneficiaries may want to rely on the proposed rules in the interim. Spousal beneficiaries can roll over the IRA assets to their own IRAs or elect to treat a deceased account owner's IRA as their own, presuming the spouse is a presuming the spouse is the sole beneficiary, and the IRA trustee allows it. By becoming an account owner, the surviving spouse can make additional contributions, name new beneficiaries, and wait until age 72 to start taking RMDs. A surviving spouse who becomes the account owner of a Roth IRA is not required to take distributions. Now, that's a Roth IRA. A beneficiary may also disclaim an inherited retirement account. This may be appropriate if the initial beneficiary does not need the funds or want the tax liability associated with those funds. In this case, the assets may pass to a contingent beneficiary who has greater financial need or may be in a lower tax bracket. A qualified disclaimer statement must be completed within nine months of the date of death. Boy, the impacts on trust planning prior to prior to 2020. Individuals with high-value IRAs 
often uses often use conduit or pass through trusts to manage the distribution of inherited IRAs. The trust helped protect the assets from creditors and helped ensure that beneficiaries didn't spend down their inheritance too quickly. However, conduit trusts are now subject to the same 10-year liquidation requirements, so the new rules may render null and void some of the original region some of the original reasons the trusts were established. Retirement account owners should review their beneficiary designations with their financial or tax professional and consider how the proposed new rules may affect inheritances and taxes. Any strategies that include trusts as beneficiaries should be considered carefully, especially. Other strategies that account owners may want to consider include converting traditional IRAs to Roth IRAs bring, uh, or, or, or um, bringing life insurance or charitable remainder trusts or accumulation trusts into the, into the mix and preparing for qualified charitable distributions. So once again, spouses can elect to treat an inherited IRA as their own by becoming the account owner. The surviving spouse can make additional contributions, name new beneficiaries, and wait until age 73 to start taking RMDs. Roth IRAs do not require RMDs during the lifetime of the account owner. Boy, there's a lot of information and a lot of planning that needs to be done as a result of that SECURE Act. Listeners, if you have questions on this, now I'm not an attorney. I'm an insurance agent. If I can help you in any way to provide information or perhaps to send you a copy of this newsletter, which contains details on the SECURE Act, because that SECURE Act changed IRAs and, in, and retirement plan inheritance rules and it changed those considerably. So give me a call. Call me at 563-332-2200 or go to my email. Go to my um, website, which is www.dickshillig.com and open our webpage. Scroll over to the contact icon and drop down from my email address and give me an email if you'd like to correspond in that manner. Next week is a very important week for our agency. We're conducting the Medicare planning workshops. They're virtual workshops. We have them scheduled for Tuesday, March 21st, next Tuesday, March 21st, at 10 o'clock in the morning. And that topic will be the basics of Medicare, and then we'll focus on the Medicare supplement plans. As you may know, there are 10 standardized Medicare supplement plans in these regions, and we'll talk about those next Tuesday, March 21st, at our virtual community meeting. As I mentioned earlier, we used to conduct these meetings in person at a meeting place, but now with COVID, we've uh, changed that 
to uh, a, only a virtual community meeting. And a virtual community meeting, you can't participate in that from the privacy of your own home, using your own laptop or your desktop computer at home, and uh, pick up the information on that. Two days later, on next Thursday, March 23rd, again, we talk about the basics of Medicare, and then we focus on the Medicare Advantage plans, and in particular, the most competitive, what we feel is the more competitive of those Advantage plans, and that is the AARP, Medicare Complete Plan, which is available in these regions. That the United Healthcare issues these um, Advantage plans. The Advantage plans that we feel is the more competitive of the Medicare Advantage plans. There are eight Medicare Advantage plans in these Medicare regions. As independent agents, we represent most all of those eight companies, and each year we go through the uh, Medicare Advantage plans and determine which is the more competitive of the Advantage plans, and we use that Advantage plans for most of our clients. You can determine that on your own by going to the website. You can go to www.medicare.gov, and with that website, there is a uh, drop-down section in which you uh, list the medications that you're under currently, the prescription medications that you're under, and then that website will make a recommendation to you, the most cost-effective prescription drug plan that is available. Now, the website does not do that for Advantage plans, but uh, they list the Advantage plans that are available. And as I mentioned to you before, I believe the more competitive of the Advantage plans in these Medicare regions is the one offered by United Healthcare, and it is called the AARP Medicare Complete Plan. Now, AARP is not an insurance company. AARP merely sells their logo to United Healthcare, and United Healthcare has an exclusivity on the use of that logo for their Medicare products. Medicare is We are initially eligible for Medicare at our age 65. So we have a seven-month window, three months before the month of our age 65, the month of our age 65, and then three months after our month of our 65th birthday. That's a seven-month window in which we can initially enroll in a Medicare Advantage plan or a Medicare Supplement plan if we wish to choose that. There are pros and cons to participating in a Medicare supplement plan, uh, and there are pros and cons to participating in a uh, Medicare Advantage plan. Um, Give us a call if you'd like to have more information on that. Call us at 563-332-2200. We'll be happy to talk with you about the pros and cons of doing that. Don't forget about our 35% bonus on a special annuity that we have that it's available for, for your investment, pros and cons of annuities as well, and we'll be happy to talk with you about those pros and cons. But boy, that 35% bonus is a huge, huge bonus. And it's offered uh, for investors um, in that annuity. The minimum investment amount is $5,000, and the maximum investment amount is $1 million. But boy, participation in that Annuity is very, very helpful, very, very beneficial. 
we use when we use our split annuity arrangements, and you've heard me talk about split annuity arrangements, we program a sum of money into an immediate annuity, and that immediate annuity provides monthly income to you for a period of time, and we usually schedule that period of time for five years or seven years, and that immediate annuity will spend down to a zero dollar amount at the end of that five-year or seven-year period of time. Then while that's going on, we have a deferred annuity, which is uh, issued uh, in conjunction with the immediate annuity. And boy, that deferred annuity now, with uh, the addition of that 35% bonus, is a huge supplement to that um, index annuity. And at the end of the five years or seven years, when the immediate annuity has spent down to $0, then that deferred annuity would have been grown back to the original amount that we invested in both annuities. So that split annuity arrangement, especially with this 35% bonus, which is currently available, is very, very attractive, and many of our clients find that very, very helpful. It takes them away from market risk. They participate in the growth of the market, but they don't participate in any downsides of the market. So their account values will not go down if the market declines. Their account values will stay the same. And if the market turns around and does well, then the, um, um, the annuity will grow by a percentage of that increase in the market. So give us a call, 563-332-2200. Remember, next Tuesday and next Thursday, we have our virtual community meetings. Give us a call if you'd like to participate in those virtual meetings, and uh, Craig will give you instructions on how to participate in those meetings. That's all I have for you today. Happy St. Patrick's Day weekend. Have a good one. Good day.